An unarmed man can only flee from evil, and evil is not overcome by fleeing. Jeff Cooper. Why would anybody need an AR-15? This is one of the most common arguments made by the anti-gun community today. The answer to this question is twofold. First, the Second Amendment does not give an American the right to own firearms that we need. It protects our rights to own firearms, period. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. The second reason is that sometimes a handgun is not enough to stop the violent attack of the wolf. February 28th of 1997 is a day that will always be remembered as one of the largest gunfights to occur on American soil. After months of planning and preparation, two men, Larry Phillips and Debacle Matasaranu, I don't know how to say this guy's name, were ready to launch their violent robbery on the Bank of America branch in Hollywood, California. Now, at the time, LA County was known as the bank robbery capital of the United States, maybe even the world. However, these were not typical bank robbers who would walk into the bank, slip the teller a note, take a pocket of cash, and run out the door. Phillips and Matasaranu were known by law enforcement as the high-incident bandits because of the extremely violent tactics that they would use. Phillips and Matasaranu's weapons of choice were three Norinco Type 56 AK-47s, two Beretta 92 pistols chambered in 9mm, and one HK-91, which is chambered in 762 by 51 The AK-47s were illegally converted to fire full auto. And to make matters worse, they were equipped with drum magazines containing 100 rounds of armor-piercing ammunition each. Phillips spent weeks meticulously sewing together body armor that covered him from head to toe, while Matasaranu wore a Type 3A bulletproof vest. Both of these men were wearing metal plates in their vests to cover their vital organs. Before entering the bank, Phillips and Matasaranu took a high-strength muscle relaxer called phenobarbital to try to calm their nerves and dull their pain if they were confronted by police. I find that to be really fascinating that these guys were had such forethought that they were thinking if we do get shot, we want to make sure we dull that pain. I just think that's I think that's weird. At 917, Phillips and Matasaranu approached the Bank of America building in North Hollywood. Coincidentally, two LA police officers were driving past the bank and witnessed the duo entering and immediately called for backup. So imagine these cops, right? They're like driving down the road, you know, chit-chatting, small talk, whatever. And then they see two dudes wearing full like bell clavas, carrying rifles, wearing full body armor, walking into a bank. I'm sure as they're driving by, they're like, what the? 1540, question assistance. We have a possible 211 in progress at the Bank of America. Bank of America. When Phillips and Matasaranu entered the bank, they immediately opened fire into the ceiling as a means of gaining control over the bank employees and customers very quickly. Officers outside were shocked to hear a barrage of automatic gunfire, and they knew this wasn't going to be a normal bank robbery. As more and more officers arrived on the scene, they began to take up strategic positions around the bank, blocking all roadways and completely surrounding the building. 
Several officers took up positions behind a concrete wall that was located behind the bank. While inside of the bank, the gunmen wanted a massive score, which means they wanted access to the vault. John Villagrera, who was the assistant manager at the time, said, let's go to the vault. You know, I think this guy was smart. Uh, during this robbery, instead of putting up a fight, instead of arguing with the guys, he just said, hey man, you guys want the vault? I'll take you to the vault. So during the planning phase of the heist, Phillips and Matasaranu, they had been watching the movements of armored vehicles making deposits to the branch. In an attempt to discourage bank robberies, Bank of America had been changing the time of its daily deliveries. So when John Villagrera opened the vault, the robbers were shocked at what they saw. The vault was empty. Where's the fucking money? One of the robbers shouted. The delivery hasn't come yet today. The assistant manager replied. So this small stack of money was not the massive score that Phillips and Matasaranu were expecting. In a fit of rage, one of the gunmen opened fire on the small pile of money, completely destroying it. The alarms on their watches began to sound. You know, it's really funny. These dudes had, part of their pre-planning was to watch the movie Heat with Al Pacino. And I guess in that movie, they like sewed wristwatches right into the back of their gloves so that they could like monitor how long it's taking. So these guys, Matasaranu and Phillips, they had decided somehow that it took eight minutes for LAPD to respond to a bank robbery. So they set their watches for eight minutes. Now it's going off and they know that they got to get out of the area because the cops are showing up any second. So stuffed into their duffel bags, they had a little over $300,000 in total, which was not what they were expecting. They thought they were gonna walk away with close to $750,000. When Phillips and Matasaranu exited the bank, they were shocked to see dozens of police officers blocking every possible escape route and ready to shoot at a moment's notice. The police thought they had the upper hand and they expected the robbers to surrender quickly. However, Phillips and Matasaranu were not willing to give up that easy. Instead, they opened up on police with a barrage of fully automatic gunfire. The responding police officers returned fire. However, their weapons were no match for the heavy weapons used by Phillips and Matasaranu. Officers taking cover behind their patrol vehicles quickly discovered that the robbers were using armor-piercing ammunition which is specifically designed to penetrate body armor and metal. At the time, LA police officers were equipped with a Beretta 92SF, a Smith & Wesson Model 15 38 Special Revolver, and Ithaca Model 37 12-gauge shotguns. These standard issue firearms are no match for the weapons being used by Phillips and Matasaranu. As the officers fired upon these scumbags, they watched the round bounce off. The only option was to attempt a headshot. However, the officers were pinned down, making a headshot, especially at long range, extremely difficult. So while still in the Bank of America parking lot, Matasuranu was shot in the butt, the right leg, the left forearm, and one of the bullets even lacerated his right eye socket. Seven minutes into the gunfight, Matasuranu jumped into the getaway vehicle. However, Phillips had a really deep hatred for the police and he wanted to fight. So again, this is really fascinating, right? Like if these guys really wanted to get away, they could have just jumped in the car and they could have taken off. And this could have been like an epic police chase, but they didn't want that. Like psychologically, 
They wanted the gunfight, which is just fascinating to me. Phillips grabbed an HK-91 out of the trunk of the getaway vehicle and he walked alongside the car, clearing the path with a barrage of gunfire. Local news captured all of this live on TV, which was awesome. One officer could be heard over the radio saying, they've got automatic weapons. There's nothing we have that can stop them. Discouraged by the ineffectiveness of the department issued firearms, several police officers entered a local gun store in search for high-powered weapons. The gun store provided five AR-15s to these officers who immediately put them into action. 18 minutes after the gunfight began, the SWAT team arrived, armed with AR-15 rifles and wearing gym clothes under their body armor. The SWAT team immediately commandeered an armored truck in order to rescue some of the police officers and civilians who were pinned down by gunfire. Suddenly, the LAPD received the break they were waiting for. Phillips was shot in the shoulder and his rifle was shot in the receiver, which means it does not work anymore. Phillips retreated ever so briefly, retrieved his AK-47 and continued firing. At 9.52, Phillips took cover behind a semi-truck and fired on police with his AK-47. Suddenly, his rifle jammed and he was unable to clear the malfunction. Phillips threw his rifle to the ground and transitioned to his Beretta 92 pistol. While shooting at the cops, Phillips' right hand was shot and Phillips immediately dropped the pistol on the ground. So this was it. For Phillips, the fight was over. He had been shot multiple times. He could barely operate the firearm that he had left. And Phillips was not going to let the cops capture him. So he immediately picked up his pistol, placed it under his chin, and pressed the trigger. Nearby officers continued to fire upon Phillips' body, even while he lay motionless on the ground. But the battle was not over yet. Matasuranu was still on the run. While attempting to flee the area, the tires on Matasuranu's getaway vehicle were shot out and the windshield was covered in bullet holes. Matasuranu quickly exited the vehicle and attempted to carjack another driver by shooting at him. Thankfully, the other driver was able to abandon his vehicle and flee the area. Officers knew this was the moment to launch their final blow. SWAT team members approached Matasuranu and immediately took cover behind his original getaway vehicle. Matasuranu engaged the officers with two and a half minutes of uninterrupted gunfire. I want you guys to imagine that for a second. Two and a half minutes of full automatic gunfire. That must have felt like an eternity for these police officers. The officers were pinned down and trapped by the sheer volume of rounds being fired until one really smart SWAT officer, Anderson, had a brilliant idea. He was going to lay down in the prone position and fire his AR-15 under the vehicle at Matasuranu's legs. After getting shot multiple times, Matasuranu raised his hands to surrender and the SWAT officers rushed in to take control of the threat. Officers disarmed Matasuranu and handcuffed him. When officers asked if there were any other suspects, Matasuranu replied, F*** you, shoot me in the head. Matasuranu laid on the ground bleeding profusely for 70 minutes before the ambulance arrived. Again, I find this really fascinating. The cops, you know, normally they're going to rush you to the hospital even though you're a bad guy. But these cops were 
so upset by the destruction that these two scumbags, you know, caused, they just handcuffed him and they just said, let him lay there and hopefully he'll be dead shortly. But yeah, I mean, whatever, it's their decision. So let's talk about the aftermath. During this gunfight, nearly 2,000 rounds of ammunition were exchanged between Phillips, Matasaranu, and the police. 12 police officers and eight civilians were injured. Surprisingly, only two people were killed during this epic gunfight, Phillips and Matasaranu. The aftermath of this shooting caused every law enforcement agency in the country to reevaluate the effectiveness of small caliber firearms against a determined enemy. This caused agencies to equip their officers with AR-15s on a large scale. The Department of Defense even donated 600 M16s left over from the Vietnam War to the LAPD. While most of us reading this book, hopefully none of us, will ever be involved in a gunfight, let alone a gunfight of this magnitude, the lessons taught by the North Hollywood shootout provide a clear lesson that everyone needs to understand. Your concealed carry firearm is designed to provide you with an effective means of carrying a firearm. 100% of the time you're legally allowed to. However, as Clint Smith would say, the purpose of a handgun is to fight your way to a rifle. If you are ever unfortunate enough to be involved in a violent self-defense attack, it should not be a fair fight. Our goal is to dominate the attacker with superior firepower and exceptional training. The goal of this training is to provide you with step-by-step -step instructions to build an AR-15 and the components that you need to assemble the upper and lower receiver. Tools plus 26 custom AR-15 modifications that will turn your AR-15 from generic into badass. I hope you guys are excited. Let's jump into it. 